Hi, I'm Atticus. You might know my mom, Heather Herb, from Shinet FM. This is the Shinet FM MomCast. Take it away, Mom. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the MomCast today. Uh, my uh, guest today is Wendy Grimes. Wendy, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Well, again, my name is Wendy Grimes, and I'm from Canton, Ohio. Um, I've been married for 25 years to Heather's brother. Um, <laughs> Wait! Oh, that's right. We were going <laughs> to tell people that, weren't we? <laughs> and then I have three daughters. Um, the oldest is married, and she's 23. And the next one is 21, another daughter. And then my last one is 19. Um, the oldest is obviously married. She's finished with college, and the other two are in college right now. And they actually are not, for the most part, at home. Correct. They live um, in the so, dorms. So yep. what I want to talk to you about today is what it's like to be an empty nester because now um you've been an empty nester for a little bit Mm -hmm. um so my first question for you is did you cry when shannon left the house for the first time you know like when you had to send her off she's your oldest first and did you cry when the youngest left the house um, I did not cry. Um, I was, I, it was just, I think I stepped back and it was a little surreal, you know, and I, I sometimes in situations like that, I pretend that's not a thing. Like we moved her into the dorm, <laughs> um, move her in the door, pack up her whole life. This is you not know, happening. Nope. Put it in your boxer stuff up and say, all right, have a good night. You know, as if she's coming back home. And right, so it right. might've been a, a week or two later, you know, or even just a couple of days later when her room stayed exactly the same and the door was open and no one was using it, that I would just feel a little bit sad. Like, mm, I wonder what she's doing Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. things like that so it wasn't like a moment like it is for kindergarten I think when people drop their child off for the first time and just the big wide world but it it was more a a amount of time as to over time that we saw like oh wait she's literally not sitting at the table with us for dinner or some of the daily I don't have any idea what she's doing today Mm. or how she is where you naturally just I think when you're in the same home that those things occur more often so what about with the last one how was that different than the first one I was more ready for that um I think because the independence that you experience with your children in high school and there's a lot of like push and pull and you know maybe just some arguing or discussions or just butting heads over things um you can see when they're ready like they are ready to fly and head on out you know and you're kind of more excited for that because you for us we saw what our other two had gone through and even though there were some tough things um when they left our home and when they graduated from college or got close to that the changes were amazing and exciting and fun and scary and all those things to see um so I think I was excited for her like she was ready and I think partially because the other two had gone and so that was something that she was excited for so I was excited for her I was ready it was more of a gradual not a tragic like I'm going to hold on to her as tight as possible and not let her go I could see the benefit of her leaving and then it was time Mm, okay cool so what do you think has been the hardest part about being an empty nester Let's see. I, I think it's the silence. Um, mm. One of the things that bugged, you know, that you the most when you have children and it's busy is the noise. You know, you're just constantly like, why is it so noisy and why are they <laughs> blah, 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 you know. Right. But I think it was the silence. Like mm. literally my husband and I both work full time and we would come home and it was just so quiet and you know and we would make a dinner and it was fine and we were happy to spend that time together but literally running out of stuff to say you know so (laughs) like where before there would always be someone in a room or you know the tv's on or something it's literally just us you know and and so we would sometimes separate we'd talk about everything we had to talk about and you know and he'd do something piddle off somewhere and I'd read a book or you know work out or something like that and so it was just it was weird and quite an adjustment Mm -hmm. um to that that silence and I'm for the most part I'm an introvert and so I appreciate 
being alone. The mm-hmm. alone time is great, but it was just odd. It had been, you know, 20 right. some years of noise, uh, just little voices. And whether they're talking to you or not, you know, right. they're just in the building. So right. yeah. there's a little sense of that. What do you think was the best thing about them all being gone? Again, the silence. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was both and. It was hard, but it was, was like, the yeah, best. Just I wasn't clear. The silence is great. Um, <laughs> I think... Um, the cleanliness, we had just talked about this earlier, we were out um, having this discussion, but just you leave something, you know, somewhere and, and you come back and it's still there, you know, mm-hmm. you buy food at the store, it's all yours, you know, pretty much. No one else is coming nope. home to yeah, eat Yeah, you it. don't have to hide anything from the children <laughs> right. so they don't eat it, like the good chocolate, which is right. something that I still do. Right. Um, but yeah, just things like that, that just, um, the house was clean. We cleaned it on one day and it stayed clean for three or four days. There was no mm-hmm. extra shoes anywhere. And for the most part, my husband and I try to keep things where they're supposed to be. So um, that's like one of my jokes when the kids come home, like I have pillows on the couches and just decorative type things. And those pillows are chucked on the floor every time they have a seat, just thrown, you know, <laughs> and the blankets are used and then just wadded up rather right. than draped nicely over the back right. of the couch. So I think that part of it, just like, wow, the house stayed clean and this is quite a delight. You know, there's less yeah. stuff there. They took a lot right. with them. So that part of it was surprisingly nice yeah right. <laughs> after all those years like this is actually thinking, my house yeah right. right you're like wait my stuff stays exactly. where I put it That's I can amazing. find everything right, right. exactly so t- let's talk about how your marriage has been different you know you talked a little bit about the fact that like you enjoyed your time together but then mm-hmm. you were like okay we said all that we could mm-hmm. say what are some things that you found to be different about your marriage now that the kids were all gone but mm-hmm. also what are some things that you did um, to make sure that when all those kids were gone, mm-hmm. that you were still like, oh, I still like you. Mm-hmm. And because I think it's really easy for so many people to get caught up in taking care of the kids mm-hmm. and not really enriching their marriage and making sure that you still are connected and like each other yes. after all of that is over. Right. I think um, I failed in this area in some ways because we didn't, we aren't the people that went on a date night mm. once a week. And I do recommend that you do that and that you let other people watch your children or you let go of something that you think that they have to have and they'll be fine yeah. um, to pay attention to your spouse. I think that women, we struggle with this more. Like our, my husband has no problem like going out with me and doing something and not thinking about the children for two minutes. Um, I go everywhere and think about the children, whether they live in my house or they don't, or what are they doing? And they're always kind of in the back of my head. And so I know it was me that kept us from doing that. Mm. I'd be like, well, let's, we'll just put him to bed and then we'll stay home. Mm. Um, but I don't pay attention to him when I'm home. Like I, I don't give him my full attention. Even now that they're gone, I still, it's hard for me because I'm thinking of things I need to do. So I wish that I had done more of that one on one time because I think I'll answer that question both ways because now that they are gone, we've had to come up with ways to reconnect and to remember what we have in common besides the children and the bills and this house and those kinds of things. And so it's been fun to reconnect and actually ask him about his day and listen Mm -hmm. about his day, Mm -hmm. you know, and vice versa. And to really care where I think before I'd just been like, oh, yeah, uh uh-huh, great. You next? You know, we'd move on to the next child. (laughs) And that super mom sort of shifty way that we get. And we just check check that off the list. Great. You're taken care of? Super. Great. That's yeah. Exactly. And right. so we've um, been able to have the freedom to watch television together where you didn't realize when the kids were home, like you were careful about obviously what they could see right. or what was appropriate or what they liked and you wanted them to spend time with you. So you're just like, well, whatever you want to watch, you know, whether you really enjoyed it or not. Right. Um, so that's been fun for us to find shows that we both find interesting, you know, and that mm-hmm. we can sit and connect together um, where I don't know that we always do that one of us, someone would go upstairs and, you know, separate. So that has been nice to kind of reconnect. Like this is our TV and we can choose something that we want to watch. Right. You know? that you both 
<laughs> together. Exactly. Enjoy, yeah. yeah. So I haven't been super great about that, but I, we're trying now even still to just be like, what do, what do we like to do? We don't even know what we like to do outside of our children. Mm. We work our jobs and we didn't do a great job of like keeping hobbies that were the same. He rode bikes and I walked. And so we walk the dog together. We try to do a lot of things together, which is cute, but also funny because he's always like kind of following me around. Like, are, are we walking the dog? And I was like, well, we don't have to walk the dog, you know? <laughs> But I, oh, wait, you want to spend time with me. That's great. Right. Okay. That's my way. Right. <laughs> so, so it seems like that. So I think it has to, it's again, still has to be intentional. It's a lot easier just because you're literally, literally there, you know, right, right. all the time together. So. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell us some of the ways that you have gotten creative with still staying connected to your grown children now that they're gone. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I would say technology plays a huge role in 20 yes. somethings um, lives. And so it's obviously a way that you could do that. Um, but share with our listeners, just some of the things that you have done. Cause you said the kids are always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. So how are ways that you have connected with them even mm-hmm. though they're grown um I I do use social media and I try to stay up to date on I did through their high school years on what what everyone's doing and so I have Instagram and I have Snapchat and I have some things um obviously the ages of my kids those things are all appropriate um but I Snapchat them I have a snap streak with each of my children where every day they see my face whether mm-hmm. you know I'm doing something or making a funny face or making fun of something your dad's doing or the dog or or right. something just as a way like hey I exist you know <laughs> and they do the same and so I see them if they look like a hot mess and maybe I'll swipe up and I can respond like someone looks exhausted or they say something about not sleeping well. It's a good opportunity for me to see your face, acknowledge that you exist and kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. make some reference to that. Um, So I try to keep in touch by showing them things that we're doing or something around the house so they don't forget about us. Um, But also, I think we've talked about this before, but whenever I think of one of them, um, a lot of times you're, you don't want to bother your children when they're away at college. I don't want to be that mom who's like, how's your day? And, you know, <laughs> every checking day, right? every yeah, day, like, right. thanks mom. I'm good. You know, I need to give them that space. <laughs> right. But when I'm legitimately thinking about them and I haven't talked to one of them in a while, I will just send them that little emoji on the iPhone where the girl's like raising her hand. There's a little one and <laughs> it's a little dark haired girl and she has her hand right up and it's my way of saying hi. Uh-huh. I don't say anything else and I just wait and see what happens. So periodically they'll just get one of those. And every single time they respond instantly, like mom, that's so cute. And then I was like, oh, well, just thinking about you. I just let you know, I'm thinking about you. And it starts a little conversation without me seeming like I'm prying or I'm like too much. So it's right. just my subtle way of like, I acknowledge that you exist. Hi. You know, <laughs> if you want to talk <laughs> to me, I'm here. You. If you don't, it's totally fine. You know, sometimes right. they forget about it or it gets lost in their other messages, but it's just my quiet way of like letting you know I'm here, but you know, I'm right. not going to harass you if you right. want it, <laughs> right. don't want to be bothered. So absolutely. So tell me something that you wish someone would have told you before you became an empty nester. Um, I think just the reminder that our jobs as parents is um, for our children to eventually leave. Mm. Um, For me to realize that sooner, I think maybe somewhere in high school I figured that out panicked a little bit like oh wait you people are gonna have to make your own decisions I need to give you some freedom here (laughs) you know um but just to keep that in mind even if you have a two-year-old at home or a three-year-old and you're you know letting them wipe themselves or they're you know doing something that's hard and you you want to swoop in and help them to let them to kind of experience some failure um to make a bad choice um but for you to be there to see it um and to get ready like eventually they are gonna leave hopefully right right Um, they could be 25 should all be working for but at eight 18, legitimately, every one of our children could leave our homes, whether it's to have a job, get married, 
you know, God forbid that early. I'm just kidding. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) or go to college or whatever, you know, whatever God has for them. Um, I think that to have that in your mind, to look at your child exactly who they are, what their weaknesses are, their strengths, to see them as a little adult and to begin to prepare them. And I know they call it an empty nest for a reason, but it's your little birds are in there. And, uh, a mother bird teaches those little birds, you know, how to find some worms. And she has them for such a tiny amount of time. She really does. And then she just takes off one day, you know, and those little fellas, you know, they go and they fly or they don't, or they fail, you know? And so if we look at it that way, that literally that's, this is our nest for a time, but there's a time when these people won't be under our care and that we're going to need to trust them and trust God with them. But Mm -hmm. that if everything we do is to prepare them for that time when we are not watching them like hawks, um, and just to let them fail. I think I would have let them fail more. Mm. I didn't, I didn't. And so they failed some in college, you know, and whether I was there to pick them up or not, or I don't even know about it still, you know, things like that, but, um, to let them make a bad choice and to watch it happen Mm. and let them, handle a relationship incorrectly maybe not in a kind way that you would have you know done to them too mm-hmm, right exactly yeah, and like I raised you yes. a certain way to yes but they're ultimately still mm-hmm. you know and I think what I've started to think about because I have teenagers now mm-hmm. is there's ultimately going to be a time where they're going like you said have to make those decisions for themselves mm-hmm. but like I want to try to help them make some of like navigate through those mistakes yes. right now because mm-hmm. like you said there may be things that your girls experience that you don't even know about because mm-hmm. it happened in college or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. One thing I did want to touch on and, and this kind of came out of a conversation we had off um, mic was that that how how does that role change and how do you navigate through that as a mom? I mean, you're dealing now with grown-ups, mm-hmm. but you're still mom Mm -hmm. and there are times I'm sure when the girls want to treat you like an equal Mm -hmm. and want to respond to you like an equal Mm -hmm. but you're clearly not Mm -hmm. how has that been hard for you because I think in my mind I think it's hard to flip that switch even if they're not there all the time you're like wait 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 Mm -hmm. no I gave birth to you Mm -hmm. and you will still respect (laughs) me as your mother even though you're 20 years old we experience that every summer and every Christmas break (laughs) when they okay there's just a reminder of the pecking order and how things work you know but I mean how do how uh-huh. have you navigated that with them allowing them to still be their adult selves mm-hmm. because they are mm-hmm. and you would want that process to like you would want them to do with you what mm-hmm. they would do with anybody mm-hmm. who felt disrespected or felt hurt by their behavior mm-hmm. or vice versa right they're hurt by your behavior so how have you navigated through that um, I think we've I've stepping back and learning who they are as people that's something that we've discussed just their personality types and how they think and work and and I can hurt them in different ways because they're different people and not to treat them all blanket like exactly the same to remember that while they've been away from our home they've grown they've changed and not to assume they're 15 and they're going to act exactly how they were when they were 15 Um, I think I have to let go of some of the things that were important or were non-negotiables when they live there like making their bed or keeping the room clean or those things that you were like in training I was in training now they've gone away to school and I have one that came home and she's super neat gotta make that bed gotta you know she feels crazy if things aren't put away Um, and I have another that couldn't care less about it and so I can die on that hill and keep trying to train what I already trained for 15 years you know 18 years Um, or I can just go you know what that's what that's her choice that's what she's chosen to do and so some things you back off and Mm -hmm. you go okay this I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep parenting you over this thing you seem to have survived and you're doing fine (laughs) without a clean room so I'm gonna let that go (laughs) Um, but it might be something where they challenge you like my girls when they're at school don't have to ask permission to go anywhere they Mm. just they go they Mm -hmm. do things 
don't know what hour or if they're eating unhealthily when they come home I always struggle with reminding them how to eat did, mm. did you have lunch? You know, like super helpful. Did you eat lunch? Are you drinking enough water? You know, did you brush your teeth? You know, things that I, I don't know. Do they do that? Do they care about their teeth? Do they care about their nutrition? I, when they're gone, I have no idea. I'm right. not in charge of that. And so to let some freedom when it comes to those, like I, I trust that when you're hungry, you'll eat because right. that's what people do. You know, somehow you're still alive. Adults do that. Uh-huh, right? But yeah. it's really easy to fall back into those patterns. So to show them that respect by backing off. And mm. we talked today about how like there's one thing that I'll say to one of them and confront them on, but there's 99 things I left unsaid that I might've said when they lived at home. <laughs> right. You know, so there's right. the one thing and maybe it's a disrespect issue or it's um, didn't plan something or tell me a plan that they had. And now I had made dinner thinking all of Mm. us would be home, but two of them are going to be gone. Well, I wouldn't have done that. Um, I wouldn't have done that if, you know, if I had known that. So things like that, that like, Hey, you're going to need to let me know when you will be home and when you're taking the car or you have to communicate. So we, the communication thing is really important to me. And then just, it's okay for us to banter back and forth and discuss an issue or something that's going on. Or if you disagree with something I said, but it needs to be done respectfully. So we can be friends and we can go shopping and laugh and joke around together, but at the same time, I'm still your mama, you know? So (laughs) like what I say still goes and you need to respect that. So I think that's a dance. Was that transition? like did you feel like you kind of I would suspect I would fumble through that and make some pretty big mistakes in that because I think we have parented them for 18 years Mm -hmm. in a certain way to deserve a certain amount of communication and respect Mm -hmm. and then they go yes and like you said we know nothing Mm -hmm. they're not eating right they might not be getting water they might not do anything right but then when they come Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. we do have that tendency so like how have you given your your daughters an opportunity just like you talked a little bit about it but if you would go into a little bit more detail about like what are some things that you've gone, oh, like I just, I really screwed that up. And how have you handled that with them as adults? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be more like a trial and error. Like my oldest to my youngest, you'll feel heal a very different way. I handled different things, whether in high school or in college. But my oldest, when she went away, you know, I was so afraid of everything that she was going to do. And I did mm. worry about her and I'd stalk her quietly. You know, anytime <laughs> she mentioned a boy, I would go deep dive on Instagram and <laughs> I would find his parents and his home address. And, you know, I'm ready to go for his ACT score. You know, I was just, who are these people and what are they doing right. with my daughter? And there was a level of crazy, you know, that I didn't have an open communication with her and I didn't trust her. Mm. And so I hadn't really fostered that in high school. I didn't let go. I held really tight. And so I wasn't really sure she was ready to mm. leave because I had smothered her, hovered over every decision she ever made. So when she went, there was a lot of freedom she had that she hadn't felt before. And she may have made some decisions or things, you know, um, just because it was her freedom to fail. It's right. her decision to make, her relationship choices or things or things that she kept from me that I didn't know about till later. Um, whereas you go down the line by the third one, you know, I had figured that out, you know, mm. so even while she was home, I opened a fostered communication a little bit better with relationships so that it didn't make her close off from me or just trying to be chill, which isn't my nature and just about right. boys as we've <laughs> talked about and just like, Oh, so how was that? And acting slightly disinterested, but secretly wanting to know all the details and right. that I kind of gotten a little bit better about being more relaxed and letting them accidentally share things with me if they wanted to. And if they didn't not being mad mm-hmm. about it, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. So by my youngest, who's much more communicative and talks to me about everything now she's in college and I know everything, you know, and right. I don't know if that's her personality or if that was more of me just Fostering starting the process that earlier. 
earlier. So earlier. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to touch on the whole, like, you got to be chill thing. I just want to address that with our <laughs> listeners because uh, she, Wendy, has actually said to me with my teenage girl who had boys that were interested in her mm-hmm. um, and me wanting to know every little thing because it was, yes. and, and really in a lot of ways for me, it was, I was excited for her mm-hmm. because she was a sophomore or, or she was a freshman and, and there was a boy who seemed really, really nice, who was, I really liked and, and, you know, was nice guy, you know? And so I just wanted to know, and I would go way overboard. Mm -hmm. And then Wendy would say, you got to dial it down and work on your chill. And I'm like, I don't do chill. And she goes, I know I don't either, but we need to work on it. So chill is just like being kind of relaxed and Mm -hmm. allowing, because what I found is when I didn't push those things, then things came out. Yes. Like, oh, hey, by the way, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I had to go, no, don't ask a follow-up. Nope. Mm-mm. Don't say second. No, just leave it. Leave it. And I would have to like self-talk myself off that second follow-up question, yes. you know, because that's all she wanted to tell me at mm-hmm. the time. So I think it can be very helpful for us, like you said, to start that earlier mm-hmm. with our kids and give them some of that freedom, allow them to fail while we're still yes. in the midst of parenting them instead of being scared of what that freedom comes from because you said with the first one you were really fearful but the third one you were like oh Mm -hmm. like I started this process a couple like two years Mm -hmm. ago now I'm to the point where I know she's ready so at least I guess you can learn and I'm sure with all you know and my daughter says this who's the oldest I feel like you make all the mistakes on me yep I do actually because you're the first one exactly (laughs) but we do get better and we learn Uh you know all that and she can help us the oldest can help us if she's a talker and willing to say hey mom this is not this is you're overstepping something here Um, I think too it's it's I call it accidental um, just kind of accidental chill but um like where you're accidentally it looks like you're it's accidental, but you're intentionally spending time with them, but they don't know that you are. Mm. So it's volunteering to pick up the girls um, after something that you don't want to do, but you're accidentally in the car with them. Mm. And there's no eye contact being made. Like you would love that everyone thinks like, oh, I can't wait till my teenage daughter and I shop and we have coffee together and we look across the table and share our hearts. <laughs> um, nope, that's not going to happen. Um, you're going to need to drive her and her friends obnoxiously right. in the car listening to pop music at a very loud volume um, in the car and just being chill about it. Like acting like that's super fun and do you want to have them over let's have them over you know and sitting down and playing a game with them even though you don't want to so that you just happen to be there and you happen to hear stories and they start to relax and their friends are like oh my gosh your mom is interesting I like to I want to tell her about my problem and and they start Mm. to see you through their friends eyes and so it's being a friend to their friends Mm. and um just connecting in a way like being the mom that is mentally available not just the one that gives them everything that they want or lets them eat junk food but you're you just accidentally are there like Mm. you don't disappear into another room room that you're just right. and you're not shocked by conversations or things that are happening and that one's the trickiest one is mm. the first time someone says something that a boy did or some girl in their class or someone uses bad language or something and you're just oh, but we can't be around that girl anymore and you don't literally <laughs> freak out even though inside you're freaking you're like oh okay well how do you feel about that when she mm-hmm. does that or you know and inside you're dying um it's just I think to to have that relaxed demeanor of washing the dishes together and talking about your day and you talk about yours and you're like hey what's going on with so-and-so and Right. You're going to get information, you know, that they are accidentally telling you. And it sounds manipulative, but it's really not. It's just being available. And we as moms have enough to do um, that we could easily not see our children in the evenings. Go to your homework. Go make your bed. Go do your laundry. Whatever, and just rah, 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 and then go right. to bed and then be mad that they don't talk to us. Um, 
Right. So like to, to really be available. I think that that's what I lacked. My parents were always there, super supportive, you know, but I don't feel like they were ever available. I felt like I was always bothering them, Hmm. um, to ask a question or to let them know I had a problem and they didn't check on me a whole lot. Didn't seem to be paying attention to my emotions or my feelings, but Hmm. to have someone at that important middle school time, you know, when you're just a hot mess and for your mom to be aware that you're a hot mess and she can talk about how she was, you know, and just be super relaxed and have those hard conversations without eye contact. That's key. Always happens in the car, always happens side by side when you're doing an activity. (laughs) Right. So baking a cookie, doing something else, but every time that you would make that connection, I think is, is really important during this time. So I don't know if I answered your question. No. Yep. I think you did. Yeah. No, I wanted to kind of address that a little bit. Anything else that you would say to encourage, you know, people who are on the cusp of being empty nesters? I think it's just, it's again, to reiterate, to remember that that's your job, that you had these children, but not to hold them close to you your whole lives and to be their most important person. that you want to set them up to have relationships and friendships and possibly a future spouse and that to be a high-functioning human. um, I try to look at it as like, I'm not perfect. I know everything that's wrong with me. And I didn't want to raise three more people just like me. Mm. That if I'm going to do anything, I want my kids to be better and do better and think better and be more mature than I could ever be. And then I'm I'm multiplying greatness times three, you know? And so that wisdom that you have as a parent, if you can somehow impart that to your little ones that I don't feel like I necessarily started out with, times three. So if you have five children, times five, that those people can go and do and change the world in a way that you by yourself holding them really tight never could. Like you keep them right here in your little tiny circle and your little bubble of safety and they never get hurt and they never get to make choices or blossom into who they are. That's not what God wants. And that's not why we had children. Hopefully, you know, it's just to keep our, just so that we can have someone, but to to remember to foster friendships, to remember why you loved your spouse in the beginning and to kind of keep that and know that eventually he's still going to be yours. You know, hopefully um, if you can make it through these years that he's still going to be there and this is your guy and this is the one you're going to come home to every night. And those little people aren't going to be there. Right. To keep fostering, I think that to keep friendships, I, my biggest, hardest thing is that I didn't keep a lot of friends the outside of my children. Mm. So everyone who they were friends with, I just was friends with their mom mm-hmm. or if they dated a boy that we liked and he hung around for a while, I was friends with their mom. So as those friendships broke up or the relationships broke up, I lost a friend at the same time. Cause that got weird, you know? So I right. forgot to like live my life in such a way and to be involved in things where I could have a friend that was literally just me mm. that had nothing to do with my children, you know, whether mm. at church or work or whatever, and to intentionally do things with that person. So I think that's, that's another thing that I would recommend that I did not do correctly. There's a lot I didn't do correctly, yeah. but you know, that's why I'm talking to you. That's right. That's what we learn. <laughs> We're learning from you. That's so. right. <laughs> oh. Well, thanks so much for joining us today and talking about this. Wendy, I appreciate you being on the Mobcast. Thank you for having me.